0: Hey guys, what's going on? So, dropping another podcast tonight. It's actually a repost from an old episode that I used to do on a different show, Anti Predator Project. I just feel like it couldn't have gone lost in the in the shuffle of changing shows and all that stuff. So, it's a show I did with a, a good friend of mine, Trent Steele. He's part of he's a co-founder of the Anti Predator Project, and what they do is they help uh, police find human trafficked children, human trafficked families, really, and try to try to help the forgotten. You know, we get real deep into it. I hear I hear some shit that. I didn't know it was possible that you only heard about it in movies, and it was honestly it was one of my favorite podcasts, it was the second one that I ever did, and it's still like the most, and I still, I still listen back to it, because I can't believe what I'm hearing, hopefully you guys enjoy it, and have a good day. Welcome to the podcast, where my guests and I talk about anything and everything from sports, relationships, politics, movies to TV shows, current events, and conspiracy theories. No topic is ever off the limits, and it's always uncensored. I'm Ben Borges, and this is Man Chatter. Our guest, but you know I like to call him a co-host. Is a uh, Trent Steele. He's part of the Anti Predator Project. Actually, one of the founders. So I'm gonna let him take over and just kind of tell you guys what it's about because it's really important stuff that you guys need to hear about. Trent, go ahead.
1: Well, thanks. First of all, thanks for for having me on. It's uh, it's always uh, an honor. Number one to reconnect with old friends and, and number two to be uh, a part of something like this uh absolutely man i uh my wife and i we co-founded a uh completely nonprofit uh we are registered with the IRS 501c3 uh private investigative agency and uh we specialize in all things human trafficking from the criminal investigations and to individuals and and organizations that are involved in it to the location and recovery of uh children that have been bought and sold on the black market uh Anything that you can think of that's human trafficking related, we do. Uh, we don't charge our clients a dime for our services. Uh, it's uh, kind of kind of our gimmick. We we make sure that uh, you know people who need help can get it. Uh, and so we take cases. We're based here out of Miami, uh, but we take cases all over the country. We currently uh, have cases everywhere from here in Miami out to the West Coast in California, all the way up to uh, the Midwest and, and over into Washington DC. So we're spread out pretty good. Uh, I work with a, a team of volunteer investigators as well. We, uh, uh, just like our cases, we kind of span the, um, the, the country, so to speak. I've got several down here in, in, uh, Miami. I've got a couple more up in central Florida. Uh, I've got a guy out on the West coast. Uh, I've got somebody up in the Midwest and I've got a few people, uh, up in the New York, uh, Washington DC area that pulled me out. And I need some uh, assistance up that direction too, so.
0: How, uh, how did these, uh, I'm guessing there are investigators or, or law enforcement? Uh, what, what, ex-
1: yeah, there, well, everybody that's working with me now is a, is a private investigator, well, with the exception, I guess, of my computer guys and my, my cybercrime guys. Um, yeah, essentially when this whole thing started organically, um, I started reaching out to, uh, specific types of people, uh, people that had certain, uh, backgrounds because I started realizing kind of what backgrounds I needed. Uh, and so, you know, it was, it was actually very simple. I went through, uh, websites like LinkedIn, uh, and I searched, uh, like here in Florida, we have what they call the Florida association of licensed investigators, Okay. Um, and that's i a, a, I'm a member of it. It's it's basically uh, an association where we all pay our dues every year. Uh, they represent us in the legislature and all that. But it also has a list of all the investigators throughout the state. Uh, so I went through that and, and I looked for people's bios and I, I went to people that, um you know, had certain skill sets. Uh, you know, not all private investigators are former law enforcement. Uh, not all of them have the type of experience that I'm looking for. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, I also have a, another private investigative agency that I work in where we take, uh, I guess, quote, unquote, regular PI work where we do insurance work and stuff like that. Um, and, and nothing against guys that specialize in insurance work or specialize in. Uh, you mean
0: like uh, when you say insurance work, you mean like insurance fraud? Yeah, well,
1: not just insurance fraud, but like
0: workman's comp, uh, right.
1: uh, you know, stuff like that. You know, nothing against those guys,
0: but it's not
1: necessarily the skill set that we um, we need. We we focus on guys that not only were former law enforcement, but uh, usually held some sort of an investigative job, whether it was uh, you know a detective, uh, something along those lines, where they they weren't
0: somebody concerned. like ba- somebody who's seen for lack of a, a better word some shit. Yeah, like, exactly, like somebody, and not only that, somebody who knows that there's like. Stuff going on and they wanted to do more. Exactly. And,
1: and, and, and also another, another area that we specialize and that, that we, we hunt people down, um, is, is we like to get people from the intelligence agencies and from the special operations world. Uh, and obviously we enjoy getting people from the intelligence agencies simply because, uh, you know, they come with a very, very special skill set, uh, a way of thinking that, you know, really nobody else in the world has. Uh, and then, you know, the special operations guys are very similar. Uh, they're very quick on their feet. They think very well and they can take care of themselves. It's um, This job can get hairy at times. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And so, um, you know, I, I get probably 15 to, to 20 uh, volunteer um, messages a month from our website. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of them are from people that what's uh what's that website Uh, the website uh where everybody can get any of our information is www.antipredatorproject.org okay and uh you can go there you can you can volunteer you can uh we've got a blog uh that we've not been real great about updating uh lately because my um computer girl that's been doing this for me uh had to go back home to france and so she's Tie and loose ends up there. So we haven't been real good about updating the blog. In fact, uh, this will probably be the next thing that goes up, uh, when I do it. Uh, okay. Uh, but we've got a blog. We've got a website, uh, lists our board of directors. Uh, we just formed an advisory board. Uh, we're going to go ahead and put that information up there as well. Uh, and it kind of just, you know, gives some background on some of the cases that we're involved in, some of the things that we're doing. Uh, and you know, obviously, if you need our help, if, if if there's something going on that you have a question about, you know, there's a there's a link you can contact us, uh, and, and that that's good to contact us if you need our help on a case, if if you want us to come speak to one of your groups, uh, you know, another media appearance, whatever it is, you know, you can contact us via the website, and we'll make sure that it gets um, you know, to the right place.
0: So how do you? So we were talking earlier. So how do you get the word out there to like these? because you, child predators and stuff like that, how do you get the word out to these kids uh, to make them more aware, or more alert of certain things?
1: Well, you know, we, um, we're just now, because we've, we've been so busy, we're just now getting, uh, we're starting to put together a, a community awareness program. Uh, you know, I've spoken um, at a couple of different schools. Uh, I interact with any parents that uh, would like to speak with me. I know during the day I work, uh, I work in child welfare and, and I have several co-workers that have children. Uh, I interact with the, you know, with them on, on a parental level uh, often. They have questions, um, you know, and, and we've been doing, uh, in fact, the last uh, several, a uh, couple, I think, not several, years, we've also done, um, there's a conference that's held every year up in your neck of the woods in uh, Clearwater, Okay. Uh, for the International um, Association of Human Trafficking Investigators and we every year we're a sponsor of that conference and we have a uh, booth and an informational booth set up there as well so you know we're starting to spread the word we're, we're going to start getting out more in the community here in the next uh coming months we're going to try to start attending some more uh, you know uh, big events having booths uh, present we're going to make a a much more concerted effort to get out and speak to different groups. We wanna we wanna speak to uh, you know, not only schools and and, and you know, parental groups, but we're making uh an effort to get out and speak to uh, you know, number one, any group that's interested in making a donation, so we speak to those groups, but also groups that, that may come into contact with this particular problem in one way or another. Everybody from uh emergency room personnel uh in the medical field to um you know uh lawyers that may, you know, come across this uh in the courtroom. Uh so we're gonna make a more of a concerted effort to get out and, and speak with different groups here in the uh in the future. So that's you know that's kinda how we've been uh getting the word out and, and uh we hope to do a, a much better job of that. Uh, coming up here in the next, uh, you know, six, seven months and then moving forward from that. So
0: what, uh, what made you get started with this, man?
1: Well, uh, well, when we parted ways at our former employer, uh,
0: yes, sir. Um,
1: I got, uh, I was looking for a way to decide what I wanted to be when I grew up. And, you know, I've been going to school and doing different things and I hadn't really found, um, you know, anything that, really, you know, tripped my trigger. Anything that I was like, man, I, I have to get up and do that every day. Uh, you know, it was always to me it was always, man, I just gotta get up and I gotta earn a paycheck and then move on with my life. And so I started working, uh, I took this job in child welfare. One of my jobs uh,
0: And is is that child is that child welfare job is that working for the county? Uh, what, uh
1: state. Uh, the working for the
0: state.
1: Okay. okay. So uh we uh we work with kids in foster care. And one of my jobs when I got there was to uh, work with, uh, you, you know, 16, 17 year olds, 15 year olds that were all getting ready to age out of the system and go into the, to the real world. And I had the opportunity to work with several, uh, young people that were trafficking victims. I came across their cases and heard their stories and, uh, you know, they were, they were quite troubling. And then I, I started, um, it was something that I became interested in because one of the interests that I always had was, um, was law enforcement, getting into law enforcement. But I really was never big on sitting behind a patrol car wheel and and driving around. I, I wanted to get into law enforcement because I wanted to help people. I wanted to do something that made a difference. Um, and so, uh, this was something where it really struck a chord with me because it was, it was, this was people that were being victimized that they couldn't help themselves. And so, this is somewhere where it really got to me. And and at the same time, I was also working on doing my um, internship, obtaining my internship for my private investigator's license at the time. And I had the opportunity through that to work on a couple of different um, trafficking cases as well about the same time that really, uh, really piqued my interest. And so I started talking to... Uh, other people that did similar things, whether it was people that were helping the victims of trafficking after they'd been recovered or or other private investigators that had worked cases. Uh, and I started finding out that this was something I was really passionate about. So my wife and I, uh, we co-founded this, um, back in, uh, 2012. Uh, 2012 was the official date, but we really started working on it all the way back in 2011. Uh, but, uh, we co-founded this and, uh, it's really been my, uh, my baby ever since then. Um, you know, this is, I, it's the one thing in my life that I find that I don't ever lose passion for that I get up every day. Uh, and, uh, I can work from, from sun up to sundown on it, uh, and, and not really, uh, get tired of it. Uh, I've been, you know, blessed in the fact that I've got a lot of great people around me, uh, you know, including my wife that have been very supportive, but a lot of great people that work with me as well that, um, you know, have volunteered their incredible skill sets and their uh, abilities uh, at no charge just to to help us out because they believe in what we're doing. And so, you know, it, it kind of grew from there and we've been doing this for, uh, you know, four years now uh, and uh, a little over four years actually. And, we, um, you know, it's, it's gone from something that was small and we were just taking a couple of cases, uh, you know, every couple of months and it wasn't anything big to, uh, now I've, we've probably got, I would say six or seven active cases, uh, as we sit. And, you know, we've got, I've, I've got at least three or four phone calls I've got to return here in the next uh, couple of days regarding consultations on, other cases, whether or not we're going to take them, we'll go ahead and do a review on them and, and see if they fit the criteria for us to take them. Uh, so, you know, the, unfortunately, the, the workload is not slowing down. You know, human trafficking and, in, in 20, uh, 2015, human trafficking was a, you know, a $30 billion a year business. Uh, it was, you know, tied with illegal weapons trafficking is the second most profitable, uh, profitable crime on the, on the planet. In 2016, a lot of the expect, experts expected to overtake uh, illegal weapons trafficking uh, and become the second most profitable crime uh, on the planet, right behind drug trafficking. And and if things keep continuing on the trend that they are, it will most likely overtake drug trafficking you know, within the next five to six years.
0: Have you in your in your time doing this, have you noticed like a a connection between drug trafficking and human trafficking? Are a lot of the same people who Drug, sell drugs and dr- traffic drugs. Are they trafficking humans? Is that like an employee type? I don't want to say employee because they're taken against their will, but like a slave trade is, is to make them work or as another source of, for lack of a better word, commerce? Absolutely. It's, uh, unfortunately those two worlds tend to go hand in hand.
1: Um, you know, it's especially here in the last three or four years. Um, when organized crime has really uh really gotten in on it Uh, over in europe the the russian mob and and the european organized crime folks they've been involved in this uh for quite a while this is not new to them uh but what we've seen uh, especially here in in uh in miami and i know from speaking with contacts uh out west in in california and in texas uh i know they've seen an influx of, of this as well out there is uh we've seen the drug cartels get a lot more active uh with this um as well and 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 the reason is it's it's and it sounds horrible to put it in in terms like this like business terms but you know it's 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 supply and demand and then the issue is this if they smuggle you know 15 kilos of cocaine across the border and they sell those 15 kilos uh well those 15 kilos are gone and they've got to bring more in uh, yeah. If they smuggle 15 girls across the border uh, and hold them, uh, they can sell that girl uh, between 15 and 50 times a night. Uh, you know. Yeah, it's a revolving door. It's a revolving door. It's a reusable product, so to speak, for them. So uh, they've, they've learned uh, this trade uh, over the last four or five years, and they've, they've gotten quite good at it. Um, they've also learned that you know it's 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 better for them to not only get these girls, but then force them to to take the girls, the the drugs, and and their supply across the border. Because if they get caught, well, oh, it's just some you know random girl that's bringing drugs across the border. Uh, but if they get through, then the drugs and the girl get through, and they can sell them both on the other side. It's a pretty um, sickening equation.
0: Uh, yeah. And so, go ahead. Yeah. Uh No, so. You cause like how you refer to uh, saying that they, they make a certain amount of money like each night you got a turnover with how much you make instead of the drugs. Is there a specific I don't want to say like this because is there a specific kind of of child that demand that demands more money from on, on the black market or is that it, you know and that's that's a disturbing question but it's a it's it is a disturbing people. question like I I'm gonna be I feel very sick asking these kind of questions but I feel like. These are the type of questions people need to ask because people need to know the answers. Absolutely, and
1: it's and it's a world that people need to know exists. And 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 absolutely, there 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 is uh, certain types of children and certain types of people uh, that that fetch certain prices. And, and uh, right now, the you know top dollar is going to fetch is, is a blonde haired, blue eyed American girl between nine and about thirteen years old. Why? Why? Why is that like, why is that, that the, the seems to be the desirable, uh, most desirable child right now? Uh, and that's a six figure payday all day long to the right people. Um, and, you know, what what you'll see happen is uh, a lot of these uh, girls wind up. Uh, we're seeing a lot of them wind up in Mexico um, and they, you know, local bars, you know, different places there. Uh, they're once again all under the control of, of drug cartels. Um, but, you know, depending on, on what one of these sickos wants, uh, you know, they'll, they'll pay hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, if they can get what they want and if they can do what they want. And it's, um, I'm trying to think of a, of a way to put this that won't be completely ridiculous, but they, um, you know, we, we've spoken previously about the dark web and some of the things that go on there. Uh, yeah. uh, there is, you know, there are different places on the dark web that, that broadcast, um, live child pornography shoots. And what they'll do is they'll, uh, set it up. So it's like a chat room and they'll be able to go in and say, I want to see this. And, you know, they'll, they, they set up ways that they can get paid and, and, and they'll set up what they want to see like a, an all a cart type of deal. And it's, it's a very disturbing, um, you know, a thing, and it's, it's, uh, it's much more common than people think, uh, and it's, it's not something that is just, um, you know, something that just, you know, happens on TV or something that just happens, uh, you know, in other countries that nobody cares about. Uh, this happens all over the globe, and it happens to, uh, American children as much as it happens to, uh, you know, kids in Mexico, kids in Africa, pick a country, uh, Human beings, by nature, some of them are very evil, and it doesn't matter uh, where they're at. They're going to victimize um, the easiest prey, and unfortunately, yeah. children tend to be the easiest prey. Gosh, yeah, that's,
0: that's insane. Um, what was I, I going to ask you? It like, popped into my head, but then it just kind of... So, like I, I think it speaks a lot about you as a, as a person and as a man, because there's been tons of people that have worked, if not hundreds of thousands, that have worked in child welfare, That just kind of punch in and punch out, right? Where they're just like, let's make a difference in these amount of kids' lives. Cause I'm sure you have like crappy employees that work with you. You know what I mean? Not a lot of people see that and then, you know, want to be like, you know what, I want to do more than just this. Well, and I want, and and I want to make it not for profit and I just want to help out of the kindness of my heart and just help these people that are completely helpless.
1: Well, the reason, you know, and 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 for me it boils down to down to this it 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 boils down to me being able to sleep at night and being able to look myself in the mirror uh Mm -hmm. i'm a firm believer that if you know that there's a problem uh and you don't do anything about it then you're you're helping that problem continue you're you're assisting that problem and you know i guess maybe some people don't have that mentality and maybe some people uh you know, think that it's just easier if they turn their head and pretend it doesn't exist. Um, I, I'm not cut out of that kind of material and I've got to be able yeah. to sleep at night. Uh, and, and because of that is also why we made this thing a nonprofit. simply because, you know, I come from the private investigative world. I work regular cases, you know, we charge our clients $120 an hour. Uh, the reality is, is that, you know, 95% of America, Cannot afford to pay those prices. I mean, it's, yeah. And, and this is not, and these are not cases that are open and shut in two hours or, or three hours. These are cases that, you know, require, you know, hundreds of hours of, of man hours of work. And, you know, at 120 bucks an hour,
0: you know, it's hard. It's, hard. I, it's very I, hard I, to pay that. Yeah. I,
1: in fact, we're, uh, we're putting together, uh, you know, we, we just formed an advisory board to help us raise some money and we're putting together, uh, some some numbers for them and I was just putting together the numbers the other day uh, to show them so they have an idea of, of what's going on and with all of our cases that we've got going right now from the time that we started working them till current, we are currently uh, tallied at well over half a million dollars in donated time, resources, etc. Um, to this point. So, you know, that gives you uh, an idea of, of exactly, um, you know, how much uh, money is involved in this, and why we had to make it nonprofit. Simply because uh, people can't afford to to pay those prices, and and I'm not cut out of the kind of material where I have somebody call me and say, hey, you know what, I need your help. I need you to do this. Uh, I can't say sure. I would love to help you and your child, but
0: uh, if the prices, yeah, right. but
1: you got to cut me a ten thousand dollar retainer check first. Uh, yeah, it goes back to it goes back to being able to sleep at night, and I guess that's my uh, my biggest thing why I got into this because I I got to be able to sleep.
0: Yeah, what what kind of what kind of people are are part of your your organization? I guess is is it just investigators? Like, well, tell tell us something about got,
1: that. Uh, you know, like I said earlier, we we're, we're very blessed to have a very diverse group of people. Our board of directors uh, is, uh, highly made up of, of people that, that I've known personally, uh, for years, uh, you know, and, and they help us form our board of directors. Our advisory board is, is, uh, you know, because their job is to help raise money and their job is to, you know, help us with brand building and things of that nature. Uh, our advisory board is made up of people that come from all different walks of the business world, from the aerospace industry uh to the uh legal side uh you know guys that are former military folks retired military guys are now in business uh computer experts so people that understand all walks of business and then uh you know my investigative team you know I can't say enough about them uh, i've got uh guys that are former navy seals uh former uh federal agents former local law enforcement guys uh that all work in the field for me uh, I've also got some, some other people that are part of my team that, that have other specialties. I've got a couple different guys that are computer experts that help us out with the cyber crimes and help us, uh, do stuff like that. Uh, I've got another lady that does a lot of our intelligence analyst work and, and puts together, uh, you know, spreadsheets and PowerPoints of Intel on cases for us. So. Um, you know, I've got, uh, a, a team of people, everybody from our advisory board to our board of directors, uh, and, and to the team that works out in the field that come from a very, very diverse, uh, backgrounds so that, you know, I, I can't say enough about them. Without them, none, none of this stuff happens. Without them, we're not able to, to help these people the way we are now.
0: Yeah, that's, that's crazy, man. That's, that's really powerful stuff. And it's, and it's, I guess, at the same time, where you're losing faith in humanity, you're kind of gaining some back because all these people are donating their time to help. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make a difference, and it's not, and not, it's not to say to necessarily help you because it's not. This is a completely selfless act. It's about helping the 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 victims in this, uh, right? So so it's kind of like it goes hand in hand. Something that just dawned on me while you're seeing the most dark side of humanity. You also could see the lightest side. That's,
1: you know, and I, I guess I couldn't put it any, any better than you just did. You know, doing this work and having to deal with the things that we deal with and, and look at the things that we look at on computer screens and talk to the, uh, scumbags that we talk to, uh, it's very, very easy to lose faith, um, you know, in, in humanity and, and lose faith in, in anything good in this world. But then, uh, to see a team like we've got pulled together, uh, you know, and, and do everything that they're doing for free, uh, out of the goodness of their own heart, because they, uh, believe in what we're doing. Um, it it really does restore a lot of your faith, uh, that there are still some good people out there. Um, you know, and it's, it, it equals out that, that balance between, uh, you know, good and evil in this world, so to speak. It, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, even if, even if you're not a real spiritual person, uh, you can't do this job and believe that um, that evil doesn't exist in this world. Uh, right. And it, some of the things that I've seen and the, the the stories that I've heard, uh, speaking to other investigators and other people that do this, um, evil is is probably you know the the nicest way to put it. It, it. The work of the purely the work of of the devil, however you want to put it. Right. Um, you know, but by default, if you're gonna believe in uh, in evil, you got to believe there's some good in the world too. And uh, these people that have uh, been generous enough to to uh, not help me out, but to, to help the cause out, uh, are, are proof that there's uh, still some good.
0: Lost you there, Trent. A little bit.
1: Am I back now? Yeah, you're All back right. now. No, no, I, I was just saying that you know the the people that, that have been nice enough to donate their time and this this wonderful team that I've surrounded myself with, they're you know they're they're proof that you know there there still is good in the world and that, that it can counterbalance um, the evil that truly
0: does exist as well. So uh, it, you're right, it does. It helps
1: restore your faith in, in humanity, so to speak.
0: Um, I saw you you said earlier about the dark web. Kind of give us some stories about what you've seen on there because i mean we were talking about it earlier but it's i feel like people need to hear the darkest of the uh, darkest of the darkness in a way so they're not as oblivious to the whole feeling like oh it it's all good but it hasn't happened to me so it doesn't matter absolutely like give give some people some visuals of what what you've seen and what you've come across in your experience
1: absolutely um you know one of the things that we do, and, and one of the things that, that we've been doing quite heavily on one of our, our cases lately is we uh, we surf uh, a couple of identified uh, websites um, on the regular web. And, and by regular web, I mean, you know, uh, Google, Yahoo. Uh, and I know there's probably some, some technical uh, nerds out there that are going to kill me because I'm not using the right terms. But Right. I'm not, uh, I'm not a computer guy. I've got a lot of people that help me out with this stuff. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it in my Neanderthal, uh, like terms. So hopefully everybody <laughs> will be able to understand it. Um, you know, so what happens is, we, there are some, some sites that, that do exist on, on the mainstream web. And, and, and one of these sites in particular has a chat room in it where these, uh, sickos go to discuss uh their various topics and, and various um uh sick things that they're into, whether it's children, whether it's uh bestiality, whatever perversion you can think of, they, they cover it all. Uh and so what 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 we'll see a lot is they'll start uh talking in these in these chat rooms and then when they get to something that they know will get them into some sort of trouble uh, they'll start talking in a funny code, and then sometimes they'll post a link to a site on what we refer to as the dark web. And the dark web is essentially the unpoliced portion of the Internet, uh, for lack of better terms. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's the Wild West. There's no way to track who's on there, and the only way to get anywhere is to have an exact web address. So uh, you got to get there using uh, the browser that I use is called Tor, T-O-R. Um, and, you know, I, I guess the best way to compare the dark web, uh, for people that may be listening to this, that, that maybe are a little bit older would be before windows came along, uh, on computers, you had the old MS DOS systems on the computer where you had to type in, uh, all the commands. That's right. probably the easiest way to explain how the dark web works. And so what we'll do is we'll take and we'll copy and paste these web addresses, uh, into our, uh, Tor browser. And, uh, I mean, they take us to everything from, uh, sites where they're trading, uh, kitty porn that involves, uh, kids as young as, is, is two and three months old, uh, all the way up to 16, Jesus. 17 plus. Um, we've seen child auctions on the internet where they are Lots. literally, uh, auctioning. The one that we saw was a tape deal uh, that they were replaying we're not sure when it was taped um but it was a it was a taped deal that somebody was replaying uh that was not from what we could tell it was not taking place anywhere in america um you know we've seen you know some horribly horribly uh you know miserable stuff there's um there is a uh uh, also a genre on there that uh, they refer to as snuff films, um, uh, and and I'll I'll get back in the story that I was talking to you about because that to me is the most horrific one I've,
0: I've ever heard about and I didn't. Stop. Yeah, that, that I mean that uh, I'm not gonna, that's been playing in a loop in my brain. That, when, when you the, know has been uh, you know the uh, the gentleman that, that that
1: tells this story once again. His name is Ty Ritter R I T T E R. And he runs a, a recovery team out of, out of California. And he was telling this, this story on the Dr. Phil show. Um, they were trying to recover a child. And I, and I, the details escape me at the moment, but I believe it was somewhere in Mexico. Um, and when they, uh, kicked down the door, uh, to recover this particular child, they were in the midst of shooting what, what's known as a snuff film. And what they had done is they had taken this, uh, girl. And they had tied her up to a bed, and they took a nail and drove it right down the center of her brain, uh, which causes the the body to convulse and shake. And what they did is they filmed somebody uh, having sex with her uh, while this was going on. Um, and they walked in right in the middle of this. Now, uh, the, what happens, and, and the sad part about this is, you know, th- there was nothing they could do at that point to help the girl. It was a lost cause, but they took a picture. She had a tattoo, um, on her and, uh, they estimated that tattoo to be anywhere, uh, you know, between, uh, maybe about 10 years old, give or take, uh, which put the girl, uh, they, they also estimated her age at, at 18, 19 years old. Um, and so what happens, and, and we do know that this happens, what happens is you get involved with these rings. That specialize in in um, the real sick stuff, the the young children, the rape, the torture, uh, just some some horrible stuff. You'll you'll get into these rings that specialize in that. And so what happens is they they get these kids and and, and they get kids from a bunch of different sources, um, you know, and including here in America, uh, but a lot of them that we see come from from South and Central America from Excuse me, from, you know, these, these poor towns and these poor cities where, uh, you know, their parents either, you know, can't, uh, keep track of them or don't, or in some cases even sell them, uh, themselves. And so, uh, what happens is these kids in a very early age get involved with these specialized rings and they use them up until they're no longer of service. This, this girl had probably hit 18 or 19 years old. Uh, she was too old for their demographic. Uh, so she was no longer of any monetary value to them. So what happens is, is the only monitor, monetary value she had left was to die, uh, for these sickos. And, and so that's, uh, and that's, the last use that she had for them. And,
0: and that, and that, what, uh, with that nail to the head, that, I can't, I can't imagine that must have been a quick death. No,
1: it's, it's not. I mean, you, you, you shake out and you, you bleed out and you know that the guy that 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 tells the story when he it's a very powerful piece uh and you can find it if you google uh google him on the dr phil show i believe it's even on his website uh it's a very powerful piece um and this is a big tough dude i mean this guy was a he's a vietnam veteran uh he's a professional bodyguard he's a pretty much about one of the toughest dudes i've ever seen uh, you know, and he, uh, you know, he just gets overcome with emotion and starts crying when he talks about it. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's stuff that's yeah. so horrific that it, 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 no matter who you are, if it doesn't affect you, you don't have a soul.
0: Right. Yeah. You know? If that, if that, if that type of stuff doesn't change you or make you want to do something,
1: like I, I, I can't, I can't
0: justify your humanity.
1: Absolutely. You know what I mean? If, like you you don't serve a purpose on this planet if, if that kind of stuff doesn't bother you. And, and, and the worst part is, 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 there's a lot of people, especially here in America, that want to pretend that we live in this fantasy land and we're protected by this bubble and this stuff doesn't go on here. Um, and, and by doing that, by pretending that this doesn't happen and, and oh, well, it's not affecting my child or, or my family, so I'm going to move on to something else. Uh, by doing that, uh, you're doing nothing but helping it continue because the only way we're ever going to stop this, uh, is, is to, to bring some awareness to it make people smarter so they don't become victims uh, and then you know the other issue too is is like everything else in this world it's it's about money uh, and and you know I, I said earlier that it's it was a 30 billion dollar year business last year uh, the thing that drives this is, is money and you've got to take mm-hmm. their money supply I mean think about it uh, people gas station clerks all over this country, um, you know, they get shot over $50 in a cash register every night.
0: Yep. What,
1: what, are, what are these people willing to do to protect a $30 billion a year industry? Uh, Everything. You know, I mean, it's, it's, and, and that's the thing. And, and, uh, it's, it's just, it's, it's the most disturbing stuff that I've ever encountered. And, and, you know, like I said earlier, it's, it's the one thing that, that has hit me, uh, in life where, you know, I get up every day and I think about it. I think about it all day. Uh, and how I can stop it and what I can do um, and it's it's become my uh, it's become my life's work it's be, become my team's uh, life's work and, and uh, I don't think we're ever going to be able to stop it but you know hopefully we can uh, bring a resolution to, to some of it for some people
0: Yeah man I mean just bring some closure to some family Absolutely. I guess is almost how, almost have how you have to gauge. I don't want to say a victory because that that lessens what you're doing, but absolutely. Well,
1: it's. Yeah. I mean, nobody wins in these.
0: No, in these. Nah, re- nobody really wins because a victim, even if rescued, I can't ever assume is ever the same. Because I mean that you've seen the darkest of humanity. How do you begin to even the process to trust somebody else? and well,
1: a lot of time these girls are too. They're they're kept under control with drugs. Um, you know, if they are recovered, they come out of there with a horrible dependence habit, uh, usually with narcotics. Um, you know, and then, uh, that doesn't even scratch the surface of the mental trauma, uh, mm-hmm. and everything else that they, um, you know, that they've suffered at the hands of these people. Uh, really, in a sense, I don't know if, if, if you're ever right again. I've, I've had the pleasure of talking to, to several different survivors over the years. Uh, incredibly brave women that, that have, uh, come out and, and been okay. Um, but I've also, uh, had the opportunity to deal with, with, uh, uh, survivors who were never the same again, who they, it got the best of their life and, and drug addiction took over their life and they were never able to, to, to recover. So it's,
0: uh Yeah, because it, and with, with drug addiction, it, if you ever try to get sober, reality comes and all those, all those nightmarish days and nights come back. So I could kind of, I don't want to like rationalize the drug addiction, but I could kind of understand why I would, if I was in that situation, I would want to be in a, in a suspended reality to never have to face those demons.
1: Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know? it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's completely understandable when you hear the stories about, you know, uh, the things that these, these, these girls go through everything from, being branded and, uh, with, with the trafficker's mark to, you know, and I don't want to say that this is minor stuff, but, you know, then you get into the real serious stuff, you know, like we were talking about with the, the, the infant child porn and the, the rape stuff and, uh, you know, all that stuff that just takes, uh, despicable, uh, one level higher. I mean, it,
0: yeah, I don't even think there's a word created no, to, to describe that type of, no, it's, it's, there's sociopathic tendencies. No, it's, in, That's, oh. it's, I mean, it's, like, like I said,
1: the best way that I, I've ever been able to put it is just pure evil. Uh, I don't know any mm-hmm. other way to, to put it. I don't know of any other way to describe it um, except for just absolutely pure evil. And, and, you know, it's, it's just one of I've absolutely one of the most horrific things that, um, <clears throat> that I've ever seen, that I've ever uh, witnessed. And, and uh, I would, it it it's scary what human beings are capable of doing to each other
0: yeah yeah and to do to do the children yeah. the most innocent of humans Absolutely. where they where they don't know anything like they don't they don't know darkness yet you're, but you're teaching into them at the deepest level so when you do reach out to the communities and give speeches and stuff like that what's the feedback you get from parents and from kids you know and what age, what ages are the kids that you do talk to? Because I don't, I mean, I, I would assume, I don't know, just being ignorant of it, you you can't talk to the youngest of kids because they're not really going to grasp it.
1: No, no so, we, I would, let's see, the last school that I spoke at was, I think it was about a year ago now, maybe a little longer. It's been a while. Um, They were all junior high kids, seventh, eighth graders. Um, And that's kind of, uh, you know, when it gets into the trafficking stuff, that's kind of the age. Uh, where I'll, I'll stop with that. Now, now, I've got no problem talking to like fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, but the message changes significantly. Uh, right. uh and that message to them mostly becomes about, uh, you know, things that, the fourth, fifth, and sixth graders have to worry about today that we didn't have to worry about, you know, when we were that age, you know, things mm-hmm. like, uh, internet safety, you know, um, and, and kind of social media, dating sites. Exactly. Social media, things like Kit. Uh, stuff like that where all these, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth graders now have iPhones. They've got access to the Internet at the touch of a button, uh, yeah. you know, and, and they need to learn what's safe and what's not safe. And then when we get into the older kids, uh, you know, the junior high and the high school kids, it, it, it becomes not only about the Internet, uh, but it becomes about your your social surroundings, uh, you know, and and being aware of what's going on around you and the people that you associate with. Especially heading into colleges. College campuses are a, are a very ripe, uh, place for traffickers to get their hands into people because they got young kids that are away from home for the first time. They're experimenting in things that they've never done before. They, they they were, they were most likely sheltered. Exactly. They, they, they are in a very vulnerable state to be taken advantage of. Uh, you Uh know, they don't understand how the world works yet. And so, we try to educate him on that and we try to, you know, educate him on, on how not to become a victim and how to just be smart in today's world. And when we talk to parents, we, we talk to them about the same thing, uh, you know, and and we get mixed feedback and we get feedback that ranges from everything to where, wow, this is a great message. This is, thank you so much to, uh, you know, to some of the parents that we talk to, oh my goodness, you're just trying to make us paranoid. It's not that bad. And, you know, I always tell them the same thing. I say, I, I tell them, I said, listen, sir, ma'am, I I don't know what else to tell you besides what I've, I've said here today, but I sincerely hope uh, that you never have to use the card that I just gave you. That you never have to dial that number, and because then you're going to understand. And, and, and you know, and I told you this story, you know, earlier, uh, you know, about the the prospective donor that I talked to a while back that essentially said, well, you know, why would I donate? Because it's not going to help me. Uh, you know, and I talked to my board member, my board member helped me rationalize it. Uh, and unfortunately my board member is right. There's gonna be a certain population of people out there that won't understand what you're doing, or won't agree with your, what you're doing, um, until they need your help. And, and that's unfortunate because I don't ever want anybody to be in that spot and I sincerely hope that nobody ever is. Um, but that's just, you know, the unfortunate way things work.
0: Yeah, that's, that's crazy, man. Like it, I guess it does, it does kind of lend to to an ignorance in a way because you can't like I'm we're having this conversation and I've had a bunch of moments where I'm like, man, that's crazy, but it almost wants humans want to give you want to have that like that willful ignorance, right? Like you can't you can't imagine that'll happen to my kid or that that couldn't happen to me well, when all this all it takes is one instance,
1: absolutely, and,
0: and then it, your whole world changes. And you just hit the the nail right on the head.
1: There's um, if I had a dollar for every family that I talk to um, that, that said during one point or another during our conversation, uh, I can't believe this is happening. Um, I wouldn't have to work ever again because it's, it truly is that particular situation. Nobody wants to believe that it can happen to them or happen to their child, uh, you know, until it does. And then it's like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. It's just like, it's like cancer, right? Nobody wants to believe yeah. they can get cancer. But then it happens and, it, and all of a sudden it becomes real. Um, yeah. And that's I think it's a little bit of that. And I think I think for some people, when I start talking about, you know, stories that I just shared, uh, you know, about stuff on the dark web and, and stuff like right. that. And I think there's also a certain population of people that just it's just such horrific stuff. They don't. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to believe it exists, and the easiest way for them to do that is just not to be acknowledge
0: Yeah, it's it's easier to not yeah to not be involved, and it's just sometimes like I'm processing what we're talking about, but it's hard to for the for a mass amount of people to be like that. That's that that's, that that can't be real. You know what I mean? Like it it, it even has my words stuttering just because it's so amazing, it's so incredible that things like this happen. And talking about the dark web is a conversation that I feel like should be brought up more and bring it to light so people know about it because if you know what I mean like if if you don't know about these things how would you know how to defend your son against or your son or daughter against it and not have those conversations where we we as a society I think in America or I I could put it across the board we like to protect our kids from everything and I think that's that's not the right way to go about it we have to show them and not necessarily immerse them but show them that look, there's this other side to people that you need to know about. Like, teaching kids, because we were brought up like, hey, be Stranger Danger and stuff like that. We were brought up in those times where now there's no escape from that because Stranger Danger can send you a message through kick, through Facebook, through Instagram, and then you don't know what you're really seeing. So it's, it's almost at a deeper level now where kids aren't as... Kids are more oblivious to it, and at the same time, more exposed to it and I completely agree and I think I think
1: another I, th- I think another barrier that we, we we're fighting with today's generation as far as parents go is we truly have uh, right now a big generation gap as far as like technology goes and the Absolutely. things that kids have at their disposal today we did not have I mean Listen, I remember going back to my junior high school days, and I was at the very early onset stages of, you know, dial-up internet with America Online. You know, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, when you you used to, you know, wait to go home after school and get on the chat rooms, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but you know, like I was saying earlier, the internet has done a, a bunch of great things in this world. I mean, there have been so many accomplishments that, that just would just wouldn't been possible without the internet. However, you know, like everything else, it's created some very bad things as well. And one of the bad things that it's created is an avenue for these predators to be able to get at children, uh, to be able to pass uh, their product and their pornography from person to person, to be able to connect with people uh, of similar minds and, and talk. And so that's one of the, the downfalls of the Internet is it's, it's given – uh, giving these people an avenue to conduct their business, so to speak. And that's, I think, the generation gap that we're fighting is trying to make parents understand that, you know, listen, I know you want your kid to have an iPhone when they're, you know, 12 years old. And, mm-hmm. you know, you think that it's a safety issue, uh, you know, you need to be able to get a hold of them. And I get that, but also understand that there are things out there like KICK, and, and even Facebook to a certain extent and other social media sites that these predators use to, you know, uh, contact these kids and to take advantage of them. And it's, it's, it's as simple as this. There's software that parents can install on their children's phones that will allow them to track the phone.
0: There's software. Yeah, there, there's applications, right? Like if they have Absolutely. an iPhone. There's, there's. They have Find My iPhone. Yep. If, find if you iPhone. know of any other, if you know of any other apps, feel free to, to let it out, man, because people I need to know. don't have them off the top of my head. I've got them written down somewhere,
1: but I don't have them off the top of my head. But there's even an app uh, that you can buy and install that will mirror your child's phone um, so you can see who they're texting. You can see what they're doing. Uh, and at the end of the day, let me tell you something. If all you want is for your child to be able to have a form of communication uh, so you can get a hold of them, guess what? Flip phones still exist. And yep. they're called just fine. Uh, Absolutely. There's no reason for a 12-year-old to need the iPhone 6 or the iPhone 7. It's not needed. Um, no. You know, and and so the other thing, too, is it's real simple. All kids today, they have laptops. They have tablets. Uh, you know what? Guess what? The rule in the house needs to be if you're going to be on the tablet, you're going to be on the laptop, you're going to be on the computer. Uh, if you've got only one computer in the house, and that then it needs to be at a central location. In the kitchen, uh, in the kitchen table, in the dining room, somewhere where there's absolutely zero privacy, uh, for them to, you know, be able to talk to somebody that they're not supposed to. You know, if your kids have social media sites, guess what? When I grew up, being a child was not a democracy. Privacy was mm-hmm. not an option. So guess what? If they're living under your roof, go ahead and say, if you're going to have a Facebook, if you're going to have a, uh, Twitter, if you're going to have all these
0: things, I need the passwords. It's that simple, uh, and then and then tell them as to why you need exactly, them because, exactly, Because have that conversation. Don't tell them. Look, I want. Because you know us as kids, we didn't want we. The most we did as kids was when we in a, we went into our own rooms, we locked the door. Exactly. That was basic. That was basically the privacy we had. That was it. Yep. So talk to the kids and, and build that relationship, like we were talking, and tell them. Look, these are why this is. These are the reasons why X, Y, and Z why I want access to these things because of all these situations given it might not ever happen to you but if something terrible does give them that reality check if something terrible does I have complete access and I can find you as quickly as possible
1: absolutely and, and in today's world that's that's also very vital what if I've got somebody that calls me about a missing child um, you know the very if if um, whether whether I have to do it remotely or whether they're here locally or somewhere where I can drive, the very, very first thing I do is ask, number one, to see all the electronic devices, the computers. And then if you've got the the, the passwords, I ask to see those because that's where everything starts. And you would be yeah. uh, one thing this generation does do that, that helps, uh, whether it's us, whether it's law enforcement, is they tend to put their whole lives on social media. Yeah. Uh, so Selfies, exactly. so stuff. it's not um you know it's not hard uh to see what they're up to usually you can build a pattern of behavior you can find who they're chatting with uh but but that's also very important uh for parents to know is because if something that does happen that's going to be the first thing any any investigator is going to ask to see whether it's us whether it's law enforcement the first question out of their mouth is going to be I need to see the computer and I need to see the social media accounts because that's where everything happens and And trying to get parents in today's world to understand that stuff is where, um, you know, where it gets tricky because they're trying to wrap their minds around technology that just simply wasn't there when they were that age. And we're having to teach them all new behaviors. And I think that will get better as this generation gets older and starts having kids. The education piece as far as technology, I think, will get easier because these kids will understand how it works and what technology is capable of uh and it, you know
0: and it's crazy right because we're not we're, we're talking about it like we're in like in our six we're not that old no like the the advances in technology since we were in high school which is what 14 15 years ago you know have, have been so incredibly vast where it's like holy crap slow down for a second I just got used to T nine texting. Well, that's that's an old reference right there. T9, yeah. I mean, I w- T9, T nine, T nine. I thought T nine was the cooler. I was like, wait, I don't have to wait every time. To pop, 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 pop. That's that's my sound for text messaging. Listen.
1: So I was it's cr- I was just having this conversation with one of my kids uh, at the office the other day um, about because me and my coworker were talking about the old school dial up internet. And, oh,
0: yeah. and,
1: and this kid had absolutely no idea what dial up internet. None. I mean, so it's, it's, technology advances at a completely different pace, really, than anything else. And in what we consider to be great technology now, uh, give it five years and it'll be yesterday's news,
0: you know? Yeah. Hell, give it three months. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like a new phone comes out with all new processing, a new laptop. Every three, four months, you're like, I got the most outdated stuff of all time then. Like, what up? what am I listening to? What do I have in my phone?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, an,
0: it's insane. And, man. It, it
1: really is. And in today's world, uh, stopping these predators, a lot of it starts and stops with understanding technology. And, and at the end of the day, just being more aware about everything, having a, a greater understanding of, of what's going on in the world and what's, you know, what people are capable of and, and how they, they operate. If you can just, you know, you know, be smart and and be aware of what's going on. Your chances of becoming a victim are going going to go down a whole lot, you know, and, and because if you're aware of these people's tricks and how these people operate, they're not going to work on you and they're not going to work yeah. on your child, you know. Now, don't get me wrong. There still are the very few instances and they still do happen uh, of forceful abductions and where people are just grabbed against their will and, and you know, Outside of being aware of your physical surroundings and and having a, you know, and and doing just your typical stuff of of making sure you're always in a safe place and not walking alone at night, uh, or in bad neighborhoods and and doing stuff like that. Outside of your common sense stuff, uh, like that, you know, even doing stuff like that will will keep you from being a victim of, of, of things like that. But, you know, there may not ever be a a way to stop that completely, but you can always do stuff to make yourself um, less of a victim and, and less of a desirable victim. You know, I always tell, uh, you know, one of the things that I tell women, especially when I talk to college aged women, you know, listen, if you're going to go out to the clubs and you're going to go out to the bars and, and have a good time, that's fine. But don't get so overly intoxicated, number one, that you don't know what's going on around
0: you. Uh, and have a, have a buddy system. Have a
1: buddy system. Take a friend. Uh, you yeah. know, make sure that you're not walking home alone at all hours of the night. Make sure that, You know, take a cab if you're going to go too far. You know, make sure that you always got somebody with you. If you have to be alone, make sure that you call and tell somebody, hey, listen, I'm leaving here. I should be here in the next 30 minutes. If I don't make it, then please try to call me.
0: You know, Uh, I'll I'll give you I'll give you an example of what I'm doing, right? Because you know how Uber is a thing. Right. So which is which I find terrifying and awesome at the same time. So when, when I take an Uber, when I can't get a cab right away and I just take an Uber, like I'll take a screenshot of, of who I'm going, who's who's my Uber, and I'll send it to my wife and my friends. Like, listen, if something happens, because at the end of the day, this is a complete stranger, right? Like that's, that's picking me up. Absolutely. So listen, if something happens to me, this is a license plate, this is the name name of the person, and this is a picture, this, this guy got me. Well, I mean, you know I mean,
1: let me tell you something, right? It, the, every time you get into an Uber cab, it looks like it could be the beginning of an episode of Criminal
0: Minds. You know? Absolutely. Every, I feel like this—like am I being filmed? This is—this is about to be terrible.
1: Exactly. You know? So, uh, and but, but that's the thing. It's it's about being smart, and it's about you know just being more aware of of your surroundings, whether it's uh, in the digital world or the physical world. If you just pay more attention, you're going to make yourself a less likely target, and that's really what we're trying to, trying to do. We're trying to make people more aware because I, I prefer to help people now before it's too late. If I can do something now to help somebody from becoming a victim, I would prefer to do that as opposed to having to help them, uh, you know, after they've been missing for, you know, two, three, four, five days, a year, however long it may be, uh, because my chances to help you now are a lot greater than they are if I have to, to take the case once you're missed.
0: So what are some, what are some of the advices that you give to kids and to parents as far as their social media? I know we talked about like their passwords and stuff like that but when you're just talking to the kids because that's a tough sell right to, to tell kids hey give your give your parents all your passwords yada 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 because they're gonna be like ah oh, you're crazy that's not gonna happen <laughs> Absolutely. But, especially when you're dealing with the high schoolers I mean right. Of course. Because we've all
1: been there. The high schoolers know it all. They've done it all. They've seen it all. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, High schoolers or or Albert Einstein, every single one of them have figured everything out always. Nothing's going to change them.
1: Uh, you know, and, and with the high schoolers, you, you've got to play a little bit of devil's advocate and you got to, um, you got to make an impact with high schoolers. You got to do something. Even going back to my high school days, the things that I remember about high school, even academically, were the teachers that did things in the classroom that made me go wow, you know that that's that I remember. So when you're talking with them, you've got to flick that same switch. You've got to make them walk out of there and going oh man, man this is serious stuff. Uh, uh and so you know what we do is is I don't try to scare them, but I tell them some of these stories. You know I tell them the story about the the girl that snuck out of her house to go meet the guy in New York City that she met online and wound up tied up in a dog cage. You know I I. I tell them stories, you know, about a girl from Las Vegas, Nevada that uh, went to a party, uh, got drunk, got grabbed and uh, wound up in a brothel uh, in Mexico, you know. And I show them the Internet links and I show them the photographs. And so they can look at it and see that this isn't just some uh, guy up here telling me a story. This stuff happens. This could be yeah. me. Uh, you know, I, I make sure and I show them. And my hotline number. And I tell them, that number, that number is the, the number that your parents are going to have to call if this happens to you.
0: Uh, give, give that hotline number out. Uh,
1: our 24 hour hotline number is, uh, 305-609-1918. And that's our, uh, that's our hotline number. And, you know, anybody that may need our help, anybody that, uh, maybe wants us to come talk to their group, Whatever group that may be, uh, you can call that number. Uh, you can also email us um, at info at antipredatorproject dot org. Uh,
0: and and it's antipredatorproject, project, all one all, word, no dashes.
1: All, all one word dot um, org. Uh, and get information if you want us to come talk to you. If if you need immediate assistance, uh, I highly recommend calling the hotline number or. You can also email us if you need immediate assistance um, with help at antipredatorproject.org, uh, and that goes to a special email account that usually hits my phone. And I know that if I get an
0: email to that account, I need to uh,
1: pick it up and, and get back to whoever that individual is right away.
0: So. And uh, that that's all hours of the night. You just respond. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it just does it just go to you? Does it go to to your wife? Does it go to to uh I guess network wide or organizational wide? Or it goes to you?
1: Nine times out of ten it comes directly to me. Uh I've got everything, you know, I've got the office phone wired and forwarded to my cell phone. Um so and my cell phone stays on all night, so if you need to call me at three in the morning, I pick up the phone. Uh you know, we've done it before. We've been rolled out of bed at three in the morning and had to go meet people at all hours of the night. We've done it. Uh, you know, if I get a, a ding on my email uh, it's a help account. Um, I'll get up at two or three in the morning and respond to that right away. So, uh, you know, 99% of the time it comes to me. Now there are times where, uh, you know, uh, I, I do occasionally take vacations, not very often, but I will get out of town eventually. Uh, but, uh, one of the other team members will then, you know, usually take over the phones for a week or, or two weeks while I, uh, while I happen to be out of town. Just to make sure that, uh, that the number's covered because, uh, it, it is our 24 hour hotline and we don't ever want anybody, uh, that needs help to be able to call us and, and not get help. Now there are times where if you, you know, need help right away and, and you call, you may get my voicemail. That's simply because if it's business hours, I might be at my office. I might be in a meeting. Uh, but no worries. Leave me a message and I will get back to you right away. I just usually have to step out of a, step out of a meeting or excuse myself from, from something to be able to pick up the phone. So just please leave me a message with your contact information. I will always, always get back to you. I have yet to never get back to anybody. Including have the you, people that call me about space aliens and the CIA. <laughs> <minutes>. uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: You gotta get, gotta get those conspiracy theories absolutely. in there. Yeah. Aliens are real, by the way. Let's just move on. Uh, <laughs> so, so one thing I wanted to, have you had instances where somebody calls you I don't want to say prior to contacting the police or in in that same time frame where they just want as much help as possible, or is it typically like a couple of years later and it's or a couple of days later and it's almost like a last resort because they you know what I'm saying? We get, like do they turn to contact the police or do they call you for how does that how does that timeline typically or usually or how's that worked out in the past? Well,
1: we get we get a little bit of both and and let me preface this with with always telling everybody listen. Uh, if something like this does happen, your first call always needs to be 911, and, and for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, they can usually respond the fastest right away. Number two, you need to have a missing child report filed or a missing person report filed with law enforcement because that report will then go into their NCIC system and go out nationwide. So if anybody comes in contact nationwide um, with your child, or with you know whoever you think may have them, they will know. So the sooner that report and that information goes into the the NCIC system and law enforcement, the better. So um, always need to contact law enforcement first. Now, if we get some instances where people will call us because they're not happy with what law enforcement is is doing, and and that happens on a, on a couple of different levels, and and I guess people need to kind of understand how law enforcement works in order for this to, you know, to to make sense. Because I get it when your kid goes missing, when your loved one goes missing, it's, it's a very um, challenging time, and you're very emotional, and you want something done right now. You want done um, yeah. two days ago. You don't have time to wait. Well, what people don't understand is that number one, it takes a minute to get the investigative wheels into play. OK, they've got to they've got to do things like go through the computer and go through the electronic devices. And most detectives uh, aren't really trained to do that. So what they have to do is they have to pass that on to their uh, computer forensics people and let them do that. So there's going to be a little time
0: delay there. Uh, not only- Right. Because because those those computer people and those detectives are to, not to put it in a callous way, but backed up with similar cases. Absolutely. And. Tons of different situations where, again, it becomes that part where I'm the most important person because it happened to me. Where there's 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 cases that this detective might have and pile that on to the computer, uh, forensics people. They might have everybody else's. So it, it's a backlog of.
1: Absolutely. It becomes a
0: bunch of stuff. It becomes
1: a backlog of problems.
0: And so right.
1: that's one issue. And then you also have the issue where parents will say, well, their cops aren't telling me. Well, uh, what we do is we really aren't any different in that aspect. We don't um, talk about I, – I, I will be more than happy to say what cases we're involved in, but I don't give any details uh, about ongoing investigations, just as law enforcement does. It. And, I, and I don't right. give the details to the parents. I don't give the details to relatives. Uh, the only people that I share details about ongoing investigations with is law enforcement. Uh, and, and my other investigative team members. And it's not done to keep the parents in the dark. It's not done to, uh, keep everybody in suspense. Uh, it's a, it's a case integrity issue, uh, on several different levels. Uh, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a safety issue. You know, number one, we might have a situation where, uh, listen, we, the parents may have called and filed a report, but we don't know if the parents are involved. So, that's number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, it might be a situation where, you know, you end up, you know, say some little kid has is, is been taken by a pedophile and, and you happen to let to the dad or somebody slip that, you know, you think so-and-so, you know, may have something to do with it. uh, You know, and they go track that person down and, and put a bullet in their head. Uh, well, now you've, you know, you've caused the issue on several levels. You know, you've, you know, sent that person into a, a spin and, and a rage, and caused them to do something that you know they probably normally wouldn't do. That's right. going to put them in jail for a long time. And if that guy did have something to do with it, guess what? Now he can't tell you anything. Cause you,
0: now you can't get any so, answers.
1: you know, it's all case integrity stuff. And and so when it, we get calls like that, the first thing that we always do is is we we call law enforcement. We we speak to de- the detectives, and, and and nine times out of ten, the detectives are are very forthcoming with us. They'll, they're more than happy to talk with us, um, and let us know what's going on. And, and we'll, in those cases, you know, there's a lot of times they'll call and they'll say, well, um, you know, can you help us out? And we'll call and talk with law enforcement and find out that everything law enforcement's done is everything that we would have done. There's nothing different that we would have done. So we'll go back to the family and we'll, we'll try to act as a liaison between them and, and law enforcement and explain to them, listen, we're working with them, but they're doing everything that can be done at this point in time.
0: Right. Because sometimes the sometimes the family wants to hear from a fresh voice and have and believe that a fresh set of eyes. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. somebody who know who has that knowledge. Because for the most part, ninety percent of people don't know what it takes to be law enforcement or what it takes to be a police Absolutely. and what it takes to do those things. And I and sometimes to not related to current stuff, but sometimes I feel like there has to be. A little bit of of that clarity in a way no, I, so I, so they so they can know that i like, look these are the steps that we're gonna take and and we'll keep you informed along the way but again it becomes a thing where like there's not enough cops to for the crimes that are being committed so you can't get back to everybody within a timely manner but you have at the same time time is passing incredibly slowly for the for the victim's family so so it, it's an incredibly tough job man Like i got Like I've I've shared on my social media and stuff like that about about these certain instances where cops have done something wrong and I've never ever diminished like how hard that job is. I will never diminish it because it's an incredibly demanding job. It's
1: you know what I mean? It's like everything else, you know, and you get into the state of law enforcement today and what's going on in the world, it's like every profession. You know, there are gonna be some bad ones that creep in and there's nothing that you can do to stop it. Um, you know, I work with law enforcement agencies all over the country, all over the world. And my experiences have always been very positive. Now we've yeah, run into some, some difficulties and, and we've run into some guys that, uh, along the way that, you know, I haven't been impressed with and everything else, uh, but I would, that percentage is very small. Um, uh, but there are times when, when law enforcement could probably perform a little better or do something a little different. Um, but you know, those times are at least in my experience with what we've done are either uh, few and far between. And I think, uh, you know, I think it goes back to just like you said, when it's happening to you, you become the center of your own universe, yep. and you don't think anybody's doing anything right.
0: Yeah, and, absolutely. And
1: and that becomes the issue. And you know, nine times out of ten, law enforcement's, you know, they're they're doing everything that can be done. And so we'll go back to the family and we'll reiterate that. Now, there are times, too, when we'll talk to a law enforcement agency and they'll say, listen, um, we've got four or five different leads going on right now. We cannot cover them all. You think you could help us out? We're more right. than happy to, you know, help them out with conducting interviews, with, uh, you know, making phone calls, whatever they need us to do. We're more than happy to help them. You know, so yeah, cause it's a team. It's a, it's a team at, the, it's end, a, the end goal, the end goal, is problems. to make sure, yeah, exactly. And that's to, to, to bring whoever it is back. Uh, now, we do get those. Those calls aren't near as frequent as as calls we've been getting. Most of the cases that come across our desk are fall under one of two categories. They either fall under. Um, it's a cold case, so it's been, you know, not much activity on it for about a year, maybe two years. And so the family will generally reach out to us and say, Hey, um, you know, listen, uh, you know, can you please help us out? You know, not that the cops aren't doing anything, but can we just get, a uh, another set of eyes on it? And, and, I, and I can tell you this as an investigator, I, I do this a lot. If I've got a case that I've been working on and working on, uh, you get you tend to get sometimes what you call tunnel vision and you can only see one theory of the crime and you can only see one suspect and you can only see one this and one that. And sometimes it helps to get a different set of eyes on it and say, listen, uh, look at this. Maybe I'm missing something. Um, and so we get a lot of calls like that from the fa- from family saying, hey, listen, uh, you, can you, do you think we could like go into a doctor and get a second opinion? You think you could look at this for us, right. um, you know, and then. We get other cases where there are, you know, like we discussed earlier, uh, jurisdictional boundaries, of play. Maybe there's an international border uh, and it's safer to deal with a private agency. Maybe, um, you know, it's a cross-country deal and it's easier to deal with us. Where there's uh, multiple jurisdiction crossings and we can cut through the red tape faster than a law enforcement agency can. Uh, or there's a compliance issue. You know, one of the things that we run into here, uh, sometimes is, you know, they form these different task forces within law enforcement, whether it's a drug task force, a human trafficking task force. Um, but those task forces, you know, based on how they're funded and what they do, they can only take, you know, certain types of cases. And there's a lot of human trafficking cases that, you know, on paper, look like a simple missing person's case, but there's a lot of right. circumstantial stuff and other reasons that we do to believe it may be a trafficking case. So we'll get handed a few of those cases every once in a while by law enforcement where they'll say, listen, on paper, this looks like a missing person's case, but we believe it might be something else. You think you could look at it. So we, we get our, our calls in a variety of, of different ways, you know, and then, you know, sometimes we'll get somebody call the, the hotline and, and, you know, it's a uh, trafficking victim, and, and they're in a hotel, and they need to get out safely. You know, we'll get calls like that. So uh, we get a real wide variety of calls. Uh, you know, and like, like I said earlier, I mean, I I had a guy two weeks ago call me and tell me that the CIA was listening to his thoughts. So,
0: um, you know, we, we get them all. Uh, that's, what ha- that's what happens when you put that number exactly. out there. Man. You going get some crazy calls. Crazy
1: to, they come calling, but... You know, it's uh, I would rather field the call from the occasional crazy than uh, miss a call from somebody that really needs help. So that's why that phone always gets answered.
0: Yeah, man, that's that. Uh, you gotta answer every phone call because you never know absolutely what it could be. That's insane, man. Yeah, dude, this is this has been incredible, man. This has been incredibly enlightening. I was just, I'm, I'm just processing everything. I'm, I'm like one of the listeners because these are things that I never thought of. Like again, you, you watch these shows on television and then. You can't you can't realize that that stuff like that is actually happening in the world and worse things than that. Yeah, and right? the fact and the fact that people share it and there's a an audience and a community for that is even sicker because it there's people who thrive on it. Like you 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 said earlier, where people get off on it, where you know what I mean. People, you might be sitting at home watching it on the dark web, and this is exciting to you. Like that's that's incredibly dark and these are people that could every day be look like regular people They could be city council members they could be a teacher at the school you never know who these people are absolutely so you have to so people have to be this is why i I really i'm enjoying this conversation because people have to be aware that yes people can be kind but at the same time people can be terrible absolutely so you have to be alert to, to both sides of it man so let's uh Let's end it here with, uh, let's talk about, mention again your hotline number and your website and give every, everything to the people. Absolutely. And as soon as we're done here, I'm throwing it on YouTube and we can share it to all the socials, man.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the name of, of our agency is Anti-Predator Project. We're based out of Miami. Uh, you can find this online at www.antipredatorproject.org, all one word. From there, you can get connected to all of our uh, social media sites, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Facebook, all that stuff. We're on all of them. Uh, And if you ever need help, if you need assistance, uh, you can contact us through the website. Uh, If you need help right away, you can email us at help at antipredatorproject.org. If you need information regarding speaking engagements, just general information, you can email us at info at antipredatorproject.org. Uh, and if if you need uh, to talk with somebody, you need immediate assistance, we have a 24-hour hotline uh, that will connect you to usually me.
0: Uh, and that number is
1: 305-609-1918.
0: Fantastic. Uh, man, it's been a pleasure. I would love to talk about more stuff, and I feel like there's so many more stories we can get to. But I feel like the people need some time to process everything they just heard. So we're definitely going to touch base again. We're definitely going to record again. And it's been a pleasure, Trent, man. till next time. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I
1: really enjoyed it. You have a great night, man. All right, bro. All right. Bye.